Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to can like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny, with my co-host, Anna. And today we are talking about all the parts of a pressure canner. And we decided to do this episode because we know there's a lot of fear and worry and concern over using pressure canners. And I think that fear really stops people from preserving correctly a lot of different types of foods. And uh, Anna and I both love our pressure canners. We each have a different kind of pressure canner. Anna has several kinds, actually. But this episode is designed to tell you about the different parts of a pressure canner and what they do. And you'll stay tuned for a future episode that talks about how to get comfortable using your pressure canner. So definitely stay tuned for that one. Anna, start us off and tell us about the pressure dial gauge on the top of the pressure canner lid. Perfect. Okay, so the pressure dial gauge uh, registers pressure in pounds or metric measure, depending on manufacturer. Uh, The pointer moves around the dial, indicating the pressure within the unit. Pressure can be controlled and maintained by adjusting heat settings. So it's a little bit different than water bath canning because you adjust the pounds pressure versus minutes for processing. So where I'm at a higher elevation, I will add minutes when I'm water bath canning. But if I'm doing pressure canning, I will add pounds pressure. So my pounds pressure at my elevation is 13 pounds pressure because I'm at 4,200 feet in elevation. What about the pressure regulator, Jenny? Okay, so this little guy, (laughs) it acts as a safety device to prevent pressure in excess of 15 pounds from building inside the canner. So let's say that you start pressure canning or, or put your pressure canner on the stove and a variety of mistakes are made and pressure begins to build beyond 15 pounds then this pressure regulator is going to release some pressure so that there's not more pounds of pressure being built within the canner. And mistakes could be like you just turn the stove on high and then go to the grocery store and you're not like sitting right there looking at the dial. When you start pressure canning, it's important, or anytime you're pressure canning, it's important to be very nearby and keeping an eye on your dial gauge, which tells you how much pressure is inside the canner. It's a mistake to leave. (laughs) It's a mistake to just like, oh, adios, and not keep an eye on it. But the pressure regular acts as a, it's like a safety release valve. It is releasing for you in the event that you get too much pressure built up inside, which you're not going to do because you're going to follow all of our good directions and you're going to follow the manufacturer's directions. But that is what that is for. Anna, tell us about the vent pipe. 
Yeah. Before we go on, there is one thing I would say about the pressure regulator and it's just to explain it. It's like a round, mm, yeah. usually has a black top and silver underneath and it will rock back and forth. And it's important that like, this is the sound that a lot of mm. people get scared about. It makes like a sound and and it sounds like it's going to explode <laughs> but it won't i promise it's just like jenny said releasing some of that excess if you get over 15 pounds it's really like part of the safety features of your pressure canner to like help help you realize like if it's going quite a bit if it's and there's no break in between you need to look at your dial gauge or if it doesn't have a pressure dial gauge, if it just has that pressure regulator, then you need to turn down your heat because that's really only supposed to release about, I think it's like one to two times per minute. So I feel like, okay, one, Anna, that was great that you explained the sound because I think that is a scary sound. Uh, I know my husband, if he like just walks in and he, he hears that he's like on alert, (laughs) like what's happening? (laughs) What's, what's happening? Uh, So yeah, it does make that sound. Uh, And it is rocking a little bit back and forth. And that is all normal and indicators of like, everything is going as it should. But if it's rocking, like, I'm trying to think of how many rocks a minute would be but like more than one tip a second. I mean, you that would be dramatically too hot inside. Wouldn't you say Anna? Yeah, absolutely. That means that it is like way too high. You need to look at that. So and then and just talking about what the first two parts, the dial gauge and the pressure regular regulator and you, you know, your relationship to them. I find that on my electric coil stove from like 1985, it shocks me every time that I only have to have the dial on my cook stove at like three or four and it maintains the heat for the entire pressure canning cycle. So I I think maybe some people think that they need to have it on high, high, high. And that isn't true. You can have it on fairly low and be maintaining the appropriate pounds per pressure. And your little regulator will be, you know, at a nice slow and steady pace. And you don't have to have your cook stove really, really high. Yeah. And and really, you don't want it on super high because if you think about the stuff in your jars, if you turn it up too high and then do it and then turn it down so low really fast, like just think about your jars being on a roller coaster, right? Like the stuff will come up toward the top and you'll have siphoning, you'll have problems. So just try and keep it at like a consistent medium to medium low. I mean, you yeah. don't have to have it up super high. And yeah, and like you say, you re- you really probably shouldn't. You want to keep this a very gentle process. <laughs> right. Okay, so let's move on to the vent pipe. The vent pipe serves as the location for steam to escape from inside the canner while exhausting. Once this step is completed, the pressure regulator fits over the vent pipe, allowing pressure to build. So this looks kind of like a little teeny chimney. and when you're exhausting at the beginning process step of your pressure canning, you're going to, when steam starts coming out of there pretty heavy, then I start my 10 minutes timer 
And then once that 10 minutes is over, you cap it with the pressure regulator, that round piece, and you put that right over the vent pipe. And it just kind of balances on top and it fits over the vent pipe, uh, allowing that pressure to build. So that's a great way to imagine the way this looks. It's not really doing the same job as a chimney. I mean, it kind of is, but so the vent pipe is like the chimney and the steam escapes out of it. And I think like it starts out with like a little wisp of steam, a wisp here and there. But then when it's a pretty steady stream and somewhat opaque, that's when I start my time. And the pressure regulator is like a stove, a chimney cap. Is that what those are called? It's, It's like a flat... It, I mean, it, on my chimney, we have to have them in California and you, uh, probably everywhere. So you have a little flat hat, so to speak, that goes on there and steam and smoke <laughs> still escape, right? But it just is that lid to that vent pipe. I wanted to say something about the vent pipe. I think it's important to keep an eye on that before and after your canning process because they can be clogged or plugged with well a variety of things you don't definitely don't want food to be clogging it but I have really hard water where I live and lots of people in the world do and it's really important to just keep an eye on keeping that clear you don't need to look at it during the canning process and doing so would be dangerous but before and after take a look and those little brushes that you would clean your reusable straws with those are a great way to just give it a quick swipe to make sure that that chimney, that vent pipe is clear. That is, I think, one thing that causes people problems and potentially dangerous problems is that little vent pipe isn't clear. And it's really small. Like, what do you think, Anna? Like a quarter of an inch across at the most? Oh, yeah. I would say even like an eighth or a sixteenth. Like it's just really skinny. Yeah, but it's really important. Yes. And I totally forgot about this thing that happened with my pressure canner. I was building up the heat inside and I hadn't put on my pressure regulator yet. And it started making this like super high pitched whistling sound. And I was like, oh no, what's going on? So I hurried and turned it off and gently moved it off of that heating element. And I called, this one was my all American. So I called the company and she said, oh, what you'll want to do is clean out your vent pipe Mm. because I also have hard water. And so when, as that steam is releasing, those minerals are also being deposited on the inside of that vent pipe. And she Mm. said, yeah, just get a little toothpick or like you said, use a straw cleaner and uh, it fixed it right away. So, so important that you said that. Anna, a very experienced food preserver, a master food preserver thought this Sounds different. I'm going to turn off the heat, remove it from the burner, just slide it over to the next heating element or off the heating element. And then you waited, right? And then you called to get more information about what does the sound mean? Yeah. You didn't just continue and figure it was fine. You didn't panic. You just turned the heat off. The same way when you're teaching someone to drive, you just let your foot off the gas. That's removing the heat is letting your foot off the gas. And it's so important to remember to do that because there's no, there's nothing bad that's going to happen by removing the heat, right? You're only going to slow down this whole process, which is what you need. You need to slow everything down. Exactly. And, and like contact your manufacturer right away. They usually have like a helpline available. You can also Google information. Just make sure it's from a trusted source, but I would say call the manufacturer right away. That's the trusted source. Yeah. Because 
even if you were to ask Anna or I, we still only have experience with a limited number of pressure canners. And it's best to contact the manufacturer because they are going to have the information that you need. And alternatively, your cooperative extension office could point you in the right direction. And now a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com. And Jenny teaches a variety of courses, including the super fast steam canning course at startcanning.com. Use code POD25 to get 25% off those courses today. That's code POD25 to get 25% off today. Another important part is the canning rack that's at the bottom of the canner, which holds the jars off the bottom of the unit while canning. You always have to use a rack, whether you're water bath canning or pressure canning. And I would say always your pressure canner is going to come with that rack. And this prevents your jars from breaking and rattling around on the bottom. And yeah, don't can without it. Anna, can you, I don't have a rack for like, I always think of it as like a bunk bed, like to create a second layer of jars. Do you have a rack that you use to create a second layer of jars in your pressure canner? Yeah, because I have two pressure canners, I'll take the rack from one or the other and use it in this pressure canner to make two racks if I'm doing pint jars. Yeah. Or you can use a a metal cooling rack that's round. Sometimes I'll use like my instant pot one. Mm. Um, if I just have maybe like three to put on top of the other jars. And you just set that directly on top of the filled, lidded and ringed jars, right? Yep. Okay, great. I should start doing that. I just don't have a second rack, but around like a, I need to do that around cooling rack. I need to get one. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty inexpensive and I love the idea of <laughs> of it being a bunk bed. <laughs> that's that's silly, but I that's what I always think of. Okay, Anna, tell us about the air vent or cover lock on the lid. Oh, yeah, perfect. So the air vent or cover lock is a silver piece on the top of your lid and and mine personally says top, T O P on the part of it that pops up. So think of it kind of like those little things you put in a turkey and when the turkey's done, it pops out. It's kind of similar to that, but it's all silver. And you'll know that the lid is locked and you're up to pressure when the middle section pops up, the part that says top. And that means that you are not able to open up the lid. It's up to pressure and it's just a safety feature to let you know that you're up to pressure. Mine also says top and I always like, it makes me think of like a, like if you're to watch like a kind of a kid movie and someone's going to push like the button that says like stop or explode or like some sort, it looks kind of like a button that you want to push, but it's on the lid of the canner. And yeah, as Anna said, when the pressure is built up, then that little guy pops up and it says top. I wonder if the other ones say different things, but I guess ours both say top. Okay. I think that's all we can say about that, but also keep an eye on that little guy for buildup of minerals and deposits. And I should have mentioned this, but a great practice if you have hard water is when you fill your base of your canner with the manufacturer 
indicated amount of water, usually two or three quarts. You can add a splash of white vinegar to prevent the mineral buildup on all of these parts of your can or and the buildup on your jars. I know one time I forgot and it was like it had snowed on my jars. So much white stuff, so much lime. So you can always add a <laughs> splash of vinegar to that. Yeah. Okay, Anna, the next thing is the overpressure plug. And that is a rubber little round, kind of looks like a little button. And it's black. I think they're always black that I've seen. And they're in the top of the can or lid. And they automatically pop out and release steam in case the vent pipe becomes blocked and or clogged. And if pressure can't be released through the vent pipe, then this overpressure plug will pop out. So if you were to just come back into your kitchen and that guy had popped out, you immediately turn off the heat to your pressure canner. I would say that would be the very first thing you should do. And probably, yeah, that, that's a near emergency situation, wouldn't you say, Anna? Absolutely. And and you'll see tons of steam coming out of it if if it has popped. I've never done that, but this was a safety feature. I believe that was added fairly recently, like within the last 75 years, I would say, mm -hmm. because, you know, people's lids were, you know, they would walk away or not pay as much attention uh, while they were pressure canning and those lids would go up into the ceiling. <laughs> I mean, I this is really why people have like scared feelings about pressure canners because yeah. it didn't have this safety feature of the overpressure plug. Yeah. And that is a great uh, little side note I'm going to just, just dive on into. I love thrifting and reuse and getting things at a bargain <laughs> and, and Facebook marketplace. Like I love that, right? But using a pressure canner that's really old that is missing some of these features, I think can be problematic. I mean, maybe it can work out fine, but new pressure canners cost what they cost in part because they have these safety features built in. And if you buy it new, I think that's an investment that can put to ease a lot of concerns because you'll know how your pressure canner was stored. You'll know that all the parts that, you know, that came with it are original. You'll you'll know. And I I know they are a significant investment. Like a new one's probably like 150 bucks for a Presto and all Americans can be 300 or more, I think. But I think if you're if you're weighing your options and you're a person that feels a, a little concerned, I mean everyone should have a healthy concern when they're pressure canning, right? then I, th I think one advantage of getting a newer model or a brand new model is, th is the safety features. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, was thrifting recently and found this super amazing All-American, probably from the 1940s. And I was as I was looking it over, it looked really good. And then I realized that it didn't have this overpressure plug. And I was like, oh, bummer. Um, so I did walk away from it, even though it is super cool. I just yeah. was like, I don't want to use it if it doesn't have that. Yeah, these these safety features are really great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did look up and Presto's overpressure plug mm -hmm. is used on Presto pressure cookers and canners built after 1977. Mm. Which is still very old, really. So. that's I mean, that's a pretty old anything, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> So if it's not on there, I, I personally would just walk away. 
Okay, so the next component of your pressure canner, and this is just specifically for um, pressure canners that are not All-American, Mm-hmm. Because the All-American does not have a ceiling ring or gasket uh-huh. that fits into the canner cover and forms a pressure-tight seal between the cover and the body of the pressure canner. And screw-down covers do not have this feature. So mm-hmm. that's the All-American. Yeah. In my opinion, the ceiling ring is really easy to replace. So mm-hmm. if you do get a, a pressure canner that's secondhand and the ring is dry yellow cracking, just get a new one. They're like maybe $10 to replace and it just gives you that peace of mind. That's a great tip. So when you're shopping for a used one or, you know, borrowing one from someone or whatever, that is an important thing to look at. So I bought my pressure canner new and it's still, it's probably, it's more than five years old, like probably seven years ago I bought it. That sealing gasket you can feel it with your finger it's still soft and pliable i can run like a a thin dishcloth up into that little i'm not sure what the right word is but the area in which it sits to make sure it's it's clean and soft and yeah it is what creates that really tight seal for the types of canners that have a lid where you set it on and then you give it a twist and then it seals really tight all american style of pressure canners well, Anna, you explained. How does that lid look? It just has all these screws and it looks kind of like a rocket ship to me. <laughs> it does. It kind of looks like a bomb detonating device. It's super heavy. But the lid, uh, you set it on. There are two arrows that have to line up with the mm-hmm. body of the pressure canner and the lid. And you turn it to lock it and then you screw clamps on. So the body has the clamps, you swing them up to the top of the lid and you screw them on. And it's just, it's just a different type of pressure canner, but it, it doesn't require a ceiling ring or a gasket because I don't know why, honestly, it's just like a super heavy metal and it's a metal to metal contact point between the lid and the body of the pressure canner. So it's a different style of the same device. You use the same recipes, the same pounds of pressure, the same processing times. It's just as a different style. What would you say, since we're on this side note, what is the advantage of an All-American? Or why do people choose them? Well, for one, it's made in the United States. It's really high quality. The parts and pieces are really easy to um, trade out. They've been around for a really, really long time. Um, so, and they're just like a really quality product. So that's why a lot of people will spend a bit more money on that versus a Presto. A Presto is still an amazing pressure canner. I have both. Mm-hmm. And you can use both for different you know, reasons because um, the All-American is quite heavy. So if you, you know, are lifting two different levels of jars, right? Like if you've got a bunk bed full of jars and you're all American, it's going to be quite heavy um, versus a Presto, which is is pretty easy to move around. But I just, I, I know that for me, I wanted an All-American because I wanted to be able to pass it down to my kids. I knew that mm-hmm. it would last forever. That's a great way to explain how they are are different and, and there's advantages to, to each. I think the last item on our uh, parts list is the locking bracket that's on the inside of the canner body and it engages 
with the air vent or cover lock, and it prevents the cover, which is the lid, from being opened when there is pressure in the unit. And not all pressure canners have this feature. And I, I don't know if mine has that or not. I, I have to, would have to look. Yeah, I don't recognize this part. I'll have to go look on mine. Maybe mine does, and I just am not thinking of it. I should have, I should have had this sitting next to the computer, but it is in its little box. So those are the parts of the pressure canner. And I think it's, it can't, I know it's kind of a boring, uh, unsexy topic, but if you're thinking about learning to pressure can, or even if you've done it a few times, it's really smart to familiarize yourself with the parts. Several of them are on the lid. Most of them are on the lid and just become really familiar with their names and what they do so that you can understand what they're trying to tell you during the canning process. Yeah, right. I think this episode is great because I think the more information that we have about the tools that we're using, the less fear you have. Oh, totally. Totally. That, just knowing what each thing does, that's going to eliminate a lot of fear for a lot of people, I think. But thank you, Anna, again, for your expertise and for another awesome episode. And listeners, if you have any questions, be sure to reach out. But stay tuned for another pressure canning episode coming up very soon. And if you haven't listened to our first pressure canning episode, Zoom Back, I think it's episode eight, eight or nine. We'll link it in the show notes. But that's where we explain what pressure canning process is all about. And we definitely recommend you listen to that one too. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to perfectly preserved podcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show thanks so much for listening stay tuned for our next episode released every week